0: Bars are not quite the same thing as Irish pubs. Sure, if somebody asks you, hey, what's a pub? You could say it's kind of like a bar, but they're different. In Ireland, I noticed there was a much bigger element of community. You could walk into a pub and have an engaging conversation with really anybody. Pubs aren't focused on catering to a certain demographic. Their focus is to make sure you have good beer and a good time if you're old enough to enjoy a pint. This is Destinations Beyond Expectations, and this is Ireland Part 2.
1: In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome
1: to welcome. Destinations welcome. Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel.
0: There is so much you can learn when you're traveling. Hey, it's Stevie G, host of the DBE podcast. And before we get into Ireland part two, I want to tell you about Kaleidoscope Adventures, who are experts when it comes to arranging student group travel. Whether you're a high school band director, a middle school science teacher, or anything in between, Kaleidoscope Adventures can make your life easy. By handling the stressful parts of planning a student trip, so you don't have to. Give them a call at 800-774-7337 or visit them at www.mykatrip.com when you're ready to start planning your next student group trip. Again, that's 800-774-7337 or visit Kaleidoscope Adventures online at www.mykatrip.com. What's up? You and I have taken some really cool trips. You love telling stories.
1: Oh yeah, just doing it all over again for all of our other trips.
0: Yeah, would you be down for it?
1: You're listening to a Destination Rewind Stevie G and Cameron Cameron,
0: Cameron, Cameron. Alright, we are on to Ireland Part 2 So quick recap of Part 1 Cameron and I land in Dublin where we get to experience the city a little bit We find ourselves in the Guinness Storehouse one of Europe's biggest tourist attractions After that, we make our way to Phoenix Park which is Europe's largest public park full of gardens, monuments, and walkways. The next day, we drove out to the Rock of Cashel, where we learned about powerful Irish families and rulers. And then we drove to the picturesque town of Kinsale, where we indulged in a fantastic meal at Jim Edwards Pub and Restaurant. All right, here we are starting our morning in Kinsale. Welcome to this Destination Rewind, Ireland, part two. Day three. All right, day number three. Wake up, another full Irish breakfast, which Cameron is again ecstatic about. You gotta eat while you're on vacation. That's very true. So I stuffed my face yet again
1: to be ready for the day. Caloric intake, baby. So much food, delicious.
0: So we hopped in the car and we drove And we ended up in a place, uh, a town called Cove. And this is spelled C-O-B-H. So it's spelled incorrectly, of course. Well, Cameron, let me give you a little bit of knowledge right here. In Ireland, when you put the letters B-H together next to each other, it actually makes the V sound. So this town called Cove, you may have heard of it if you watched the movie Titanic or if you're a Titanic fan. This town was actually the gateway to the USA for many Irish immigrants and was the last stop that the Titanic actually made. The last place it docked was Cove. You and I went to the Titanic Museum in um, Pigeon Forge. Forge. So, you know, actually being in Cove, which was the last place the Titanic took off, it was neat. Like, it was neat to see both sides of, this is the Ireland side, and then we got, you know, taught a lot about the individual people in Pigeon Forge. So it was like, we got to see where that journey started for many of them.
1: Yeah. It's in, it's very, I kind of closed my eyes and imagine just the ship being in that port there. And it was really cool because the ship that size, um, I just, it's crazy to think how it actually docked there at all. Yeah. And so Titanic actually wasn't the only historical ship to be associated with Cove and also sinking. There's also the British ship, the RMS Lusitania, which actually was sunk outside of Cove by a German U-boat. So a lot of history right there in that port, definitely, especially ship, anything naval related. And also what you can see from Cove specifically is the Irish Navy. They have their pretty much all their ships, their boats, their whole naval force, which isn't exactly a lot. But they're all the whole base is there.
0: Yeah, and they had a really nice memorial too, kind of um, you know memorializing the sinking of uh, the Lusitania. So that was pretty powerful. One cool thing about the the city of Cove too was on the top of the hill at the center of the city was a large cathedral called the Saint Coleman's Cathedral, and it's a beautiful cathedral that overlooks. The Cork Harbor. That's what the, the harbor is called, the Cork Harbor. And we actually got the chance to go up and take a small self guided tour of the cathedral itself. And we did this a couple times. You'll hear us bring, a, bring up a couple different cathedrals that we toured. And they were all different um, in small ways based on the time they were constructed and things like that. But all of them were. Beautiful And St. Coleman's, no doubt, was gorgeous as well.
1: Yeah, if you're going to go check out St. Coleman's while you're in Cove, there's two things you got to be ready for. One is stellar views when you get to the top over the harbor. It's gorgeous. And the second one is cardio because, oh, my God, you have to climb some stairs to get up there.
0: Yeah, for sure. But
1: it's absolutely stunning. Definitely a must-see. Beautiful cathedral. Great architecture. It really is fantastic.
0: So after Cove, we made our way to Limerick, which is a type of poem, and also a city in Ireland. And actually, the I believe limericks came from limerick, and that's why they're called limericks.
1: Yeah, they're correlated. I read that somewhere, <laughs> but don't recall.
0: So there's actually some debate on where the limerick poem originated, but for those of you that aren't familiar with a limerick, it's a short poem in A-A-B-B-A rhyme structure, where lines one, two, and five have around eight syllables and lines three and four have roughly five syllables. They're sort of quick and have a nice bouncy rhythm. Anyways, uh, we again go check out another cathedral, and this is St. Mary's Cathedral. Now, this was a little bit older from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But again, stunning, and, you know, a lot of people visit Europe for this reason, to see those kind of ancient, older structures, and I thought it was really neat being in there.
1: Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. The the difference, we got to see this one at night, and the lighting on it and whatnot, it actually was kind of spooky looking. And they also had tombstones as well outside as most of their old churches and cathedrals did. But it was really cool because it was definitely a a medieval style uh, cathedral. When you go in, the chandeliers still had uh, candles. And to imagine having a service at night with nothing but candlelight. Yeah. That's a pretty cool experience just to be able to think about that. And they have their their saints and, and famous people in the history of the church all around. So it's also a living museum in that regard. So really cool to just walk around and read and
0: experience that. Definitely. So after the cathedral, we made our way to the Limerick Strand Hotel, um, where we actually had a three-course meal served for dinner at the hotel restaurant which, again, was great. I mean, Ireland's food, is they're knocking it out of the park. I
1: absolutely had no problem, no qualms at all with the food. It was delicious.
0: No qualms, I like that. So one thing I learned is, you know, the food in Ireland is they're very careful and cautious and they document everything. And every piece of meat that you would eat in Ireland has a track record. They're all grass-fed, so there's no corn-fed, no whatever else fed, beef, meat animal byproduct. Yeah, exactly. It was all grass fed and it all had to meet a certain standard for you to even serve if you're a restaurant.
1: Right. Which contributes to the food being so delicious. The other thing too, I want to talk about is the hotels. This one was more modern I'd say than the other ones we stayed at, but for the most part, I mean, we didn't have a problem at all with the hotels. They were fantastic, Mm -hmm. great quality hotels, good prices. Um, really, really enjoyed them.
0: After a wonderful, wonderful meal at the Limerick Strand Hotel, we went out and we hit another couple pubs. Oh, you got to while we were there. That
1: was the main reason I was coming.
0: Yeah, it was... You, like, you got to go experience pubs if you go to Ireland and you are of age. You just got to.
1: And of age in Ireland is
0: 18. So, we get to the pubs. One thing I took note of at this pub, the first pub we got to, was that every glass would be matched with the beer that you were getting. So say you ordered a Guinness, it would come to you in a Guinness glass. Now this sounds probably not like a big deal to many of you guys, but think about it. How many times have you ordered like a Bud Light at a restaurant and it comes to you in just a regular glass that's has no Bud Light logo or anything like that? Or maybe it comes in a Miller Lite glass.
1: Right, it was it was astounding the, the marketing consistency between not only the distributors, but also the, the pubs that serve the alcohol. That they had the glasses with the brand logo on them to serve them in.
0: And while I would say Guinness is the premier, most popular, you know, stout in Ireland, they had a couple more too. They had Murphy's and they had Beamish, mm-hmm. and again, those would come with Murphy's or Beamish glasses, specific glasses depending on what you ordered.
1: Yeah, I really liked Murphy's.
0: I really like Beamish.
1: Oh wow, uh, yeah, and this uh, this pub is what I would call a kind of hole-in-the-wall pub. I don't recall the name because it was so just tucked away in the back i got to
0: be honest. I don't remember the name of any of the pubs. He had one too many of them again, I swear. But I think that's what makes it cool. Like, it's the pub. You're going to the pub. Right, right. They're yeah. all kind of like the same energy.
1: Yeah, I don't think in Ireland it really matters which one you go to because they're all really fantastic, honestly. But then we had a couple of drinks there. I watched some soccer. And then we headed back down the river towards the hotel and found another one to stop in it. And this one was different because Mm -hmm. it was kind of a tavern feel when you walked in, really tight space. You ordered, and then they had a big patio setting, which actually was being used for a wedding, but half of it was still open. And you could just sit out, look over the river, and just relax.
0: Yeah, you look over the river. It was beautiful views. You could kind of see the city of Limerick lit up, and it was just gorgeous. I personally just like drinks outside. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Being outside with the drink. That's just perfect to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It's nice too. when you don't sweat every single time you're outside.
0: Yeah. Cause it was a little cool there. Um, and misty and windy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some mist. So after kind of walking around the city of Limerick, we went back to the hotel where they happen to have the football game on. They happen to have the playoff game of the Chiefs versus the Texans.
1: Yes, and the Texans, it got up 20 to nothing, I believe. So we were watching that game in the lobby, and it was so funny. I think we had a couple of Irish people. The One old Irishman in particular that walked up to us and obviously knew we were American because we were the only ones watching the football game in the lobby.
0: So I know I had a couple of occurrences where Irish people came up to me during the trip and said, are you from the United States? And of course, I would say yes. And they were they were proud to have us there. They were like, you know, welcome to our country. And one thing you guys have to realize, and we got to experience this when we were, we were over there, is that Ireland takes a lot of pride in its diaspora.
1: So basically diaspora is the spreading of their population. So the, the island of Ireland has a specific population, and that population is spread out so far over the globe that so many people have Irish roots, even though Ireland itself is such a small country with a
0: small population I want to say about four million. I was thinking six. We weren't too far off. It looks like the correct number is somewhere around five million. So we finished watching the football game and we called it a night and went to sleep.
1: (laughs) Day four.
0: All right, now we are on to day number four, again. Full Irish breakfast served for our enjoyment. All the bacon you could like, all the sausage, all the black and white pudding, you ate it down. Cameron was a very happy man. Yes. So we departed Limerick and made our way to, back to Dublin. So we got back to Dublin and the first place we checked out was actually the final cathedral that we got to view. And that was the Christchurch Cathedral, which was a very famous landmark in Dublin. And this one was closer to a large city center. And I thought that made for an interesting dynamic as well. And they had like an underground...
1: Yeah, it's like catacombs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um,
1: in there, I'm not sure. I don't recall if anybody was actually buried there, but I, I want to say there were some uh, some priests buried there. Yeah. But... It was full of relics and the history of the cathedral and a lot of really, really neat things that were important to the church. That was a really cool... It, it's also a museum. I mean, you go and visit a church, you're looking at the architecture, you're looking at the history, and you see artifacts all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. So after taking the sights of the Christ Church Cathedral, we made our way to the Temple Bar area of Dublin, which is a pretty popular area, especially for you know the youth, because it has a lot of places to eat, shop, drink, um, and it's a very lively city center area. And they have a lot of busking, and we saw this a few times. Busking is like street performers, right? So like musicians, mm, oh yeah. dancers, things like that. We got to see some buskers in the streets, and it was a little bit different than the uh, you know the performers that you'll see in a major U.S. city. They were much more, I would say, entertainers. You know, they were very, they got the crowd involved a lot. And you could tell it was a common thing to do.
1: Yeah, not that this is uh, an insult in any way. But when you think of street performers, I think in America, you have kind of more of an imagination of of homeless people performing, making money and whatnot. And over there, it looked like that was very much a, a career path, sort of. Like they brought stages out. They had speakers. They had microphones. It was very, very well done. And this whole area itself, I would describe as sort of an outdoor mall because there were streets just for people to walk and just restaurants and shops, like you said, just all over the place.
0: And, man, I would say it was busy because we were there sort of as it turned into evening. And there the streets were packed. The restaurants were packed. We got a quick drink at a pub somewhere in a Temple Bar. And then we left and made our way... To really the last stop on our trip. Mm. And, man, I got to tell you, this was my favorite meal of the trip. Yeah. They say save the best for last, and we did. We went to the Abbey Tavern, which is located in Howth, which is a little bit outside of Dublin. And, wow, it is – that was amazing. It was traditional Irish – a traditional Irish pub that had lots of history – and it was located in the pretty fishing village of Howth.
1: Yeah. And Howth, if you're going to be in Dublin, is absolutely gorgeous. You, there's, there's a train you're going to take out there, run a car, do whatever you have to do, but get out there. It is gorgeous. And it's just outside of Dublin. So it's not very crowded. It's a lot of local people and specifically go to the Ivy Tavern because the food is amazing. The building itself has history for hundreds of years. Absolutely gorgeous. They do a great job. And it was a very, very memorable night.
0: And beyond the food, because the food was, oh my God, like the food was delicious. But my favorite part, actually, of the whole experience at the Abbey Tavern was when we got to try um, a 12-year-old red breast Irish whiskey. And our waiter actually, you know, went through the process of how to properly drink this whiskey. Um, We ended up um, going through this thing where we poured just a touch of water in it to open up the whiskey as he said yeah the smell changes oh man this this whiskey was so good it was like a titch sweet yeah good word there good irish word there titch man was that 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 was the best whiskey i've ever had in my life
1: yeah no it's up there for me i i have some enjoyable ones but they're different because obviously a bourbon and an irish whiskey are completely different flavors but it was absolutely delicious so smooth and what really complimented it well was when they, they gave that to us. Also, some performers came out and gave a performance for us. And there were three musicians, and I thought they were incredible. And they sang Irish folk songs and very, very cultural Irish music.
0: Yep, I actually requested the Dubliners, and they knew who that was, of course. Um, they are a huge band in Ireland, so they performed one of their tunes. Um, they, didn't, they didn't play my favorite tune of the Dubliners, which is uh, Seven Drunken Nights but i still really loved their performance i thought it was wonderful
1: yeah so overall just lovely night and the nights too in ireland i noticed as we were leaving walking around i mean it's cooler weather when we were there in january but just really enjoyable to walk around and really relax and your after meal walk for me Mm -hmm. was fantastic just beautiful cool and very calming
0: yep um so i was full cameron were you full actually i was full wow wow Mm -hmm. that's a wow Yeah, my fifth meal of the day did it for me there topped me off so we got back uh, into the car and made our way back to dublin after that wonderful meal at the abbey tavern and we actually tried to go out to some pubs at this point but the area near our hotel all the pubs were actually shut down
1: well we walked into one because it was like karaoke machine everybody's having a great time And I guess you have to be inside at a certain time to be served. And then they closed later. So it was kind of confusing. So they said we couldn't stay. So that was disappointing. But walked back out and went back and stayed at the Ashling for another night. Beautiful hotel, wonderful rooms. And then that concluded our final beautiful, wonderful day in Ireland.
0: That was it. And uh, we ended up waking up the next day, catching a flight to Iceland. Yep, that's right. We coupled this trip uh, with Iceland. As I was mentioning in the earlier podcast, we did the whole Iceland Air thing where we connected in Reykjavik, so we were technically in Iceland first. But then we went back, spent a day and a half in Iceland, and um, got to check that out. And yeah. that was our that was our experience in Ireland.
1: Great, great experience. And I think for anybody that may be hesitant about traveling internationally, stepping outside of their comfort zone and doing that, Ireland is the perfect way to get a taste of Europe without having any of that that fear and kind of making you scared and whatnot because everybody speaks English. Well, I mean, Irish English, but, you know, you can understand them if they don't talk fast. And the food is all pretty similar, the hotels and everything. So it's a good transitional country, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got Circle K's and Papa John's everywhere. So you can feel right at home. A lot of the things are Americanized. You'll find a lot of burgers and fries in restaurants, you know, throughout Ireland, especially Dublin, I would say Dublin is pretty Americanized. And, um, yeah, like Cameron's saying, it's good for Americans that are trying to, you know, kind of dip their toe in the water of international travel.
1: Highly recommend though. Fantastic place, fantastic people, fantastic food. Definitely, definitely
0: check out Ireland. So one place that we didn't get to go, but everyone was telling us that it was such a cool place to check out, was a town on the western coast of Ireland called Galway. And I don't really know what makes it so great, but I would love to find out. Uh, I think it was kind of a vibrant, youthful city um, with some good pubs and and I don't know what else. But yeah, people were saying go check out Galway and we did not get the chance.
1: Yeah, that's definitely another Ireland trip for us. Um, About 12 people told us specifically Galway was incredible and go check it out. I think Ireland's a really good uh, driving trip. They have a lot of cool trails. They even have a like an actual trail with a bunch of stops that you can go drive around the entire island, specifically in a car, and see a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, much like Iceland, how I, I mentioned in you know last week's podcast that there's a road that goes around the island. Ireland has the same thing, and they were actually, I don't know if this is still a thing. I think it probably is. They're running a campaign where they have these little like um, there's stops with signs. Yeah, they're, they're like stops with signs that you can take a picture, and the goal is to you know take pictures with all these signs around the road, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's neat because there's a lot of different places. You know, a lot of the places we went are you know more touristy visited areas, but again, there's a lot of wy- wild Ireland. There's Northern Ireland, which is a completely different country that we did not get to see either. Um, and there's a lot of cool things to check out on the, the actual Island itself.
1: Definitely. We were more central and Southern Ireland on this trip. So next
0: time we definitely check out the North. All right, Cam, thanks again for stopping by and running through Ireland with me. And, uh, we'll be back for one final destination rewind before we kind of get into our regular programming.
1: Yeah, then we'll be able to get some more adventures on the book
0: because we're running out of things to rewind about. Alrighty, man. I'll see you next week. All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you for listening to our Destination Rewind to Ireland. It was an awesome experience, and I can't wait to go back. If you're looking to visit Ireland with some people, I would definitely recommend checking out the folks at Celtic Horizon Tours. Visit them at CelticHorizonTours.com to see all the amazing opportunities they can offer in Ireland and the UK. Their customer service is outstanding and they can help you and your group have an unforgettable experience in Ireland. Again, that's Celtic Horizon Tours and you can check them out online at CelticHorizonTours.com. Okay guys, we have one more destination rewind to go here. And we are back in the States. Now, this last destination is going to be a lot of people's favorite. It's a fast-growing, young, vibrant city that has an incredible music scene. So listen in next Friday. And until then, make sure you keep spreading the word about the DBE podcast. If you know a student of travel, tell them to give us a listen and a like on Facebook. And let them know about our new website, dbetravel.com. Well, that's all I got for this week. I'll talk to you soon.